Welcome to the Not Old Yet podcast, where we explore the subject of aging from a fresh new perspective. Each week, you will learn how to look, feel, and be youthful, no matter your age or stage of life. Tune in each episode to hear words of wisdom, stories of hope, and keeping it real advice from your host, Elizabeth Vanderveer. We got a beautiful story. I'm Elizabeth, your host of the Not Old Yet Global podcast, and I'm here today with my good friend and brand ambassador, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi. Today, we're going to talk about the warning signs that your relationship is not headed in the right direction, and this is based off of both research that we've done and experience that we've had with Uh, Some real interesting people. We might call them turkeys at times, but you know what? It's all a learning. Characters. It's all a learning experience. And as Coldplay says in one of their recent songs on Kaleidoscope, everyone that comes into our life is a lesson. So learn the lesson. But if you can do so with a little less pain and a little more enjoyment, that's our goal. So We are both single women in our 50s and 60s dating, and we're going to talk mostly about romantic relationships right now, and five warning signs that you probably need to look in another direction or take it as information at the minimum that you need to do some more investigation to find out a little bit more about this person. Ready? Ready. Ready, Freddie, as my kids used to say. So the first thing that comes to mind for me as a warning sign is someone that presents multiple plans that can take place for the same time period. Like, I have to go here, I have to go there, we could do this, we could do that. Kind of not ever settling on a plan and keeping everything in chaos and kind of up in the air because that affords them the maximum amount of options. And oftentimes in these five tips that we're gonna give you, we're talking about narcissists and being with people that are very purposeful in what they do. So we're gonna talk about these five things as though they were purposeful from the other person's perspective and what that could mean to your relationship. So in my experience people that keep multiple plans going all the time at the ready are people that are often looking for a better option and it may not be you a better opportunity maybe they're just focused on their career or they're going to be an opportunist whatever it is but you are taking second fiddle second place if they can't make a plan and a date and a time and a location to be with you, there's a reason. Right. Right. You agree? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Any thoughts you'd like to share on that one about keeping... I think it also provides them an easier out because if they've discussed these multiple plans with you and, oh, we might be doing this, it's we might, we might, or, oh, we have this option or this and this... Then when it comes right down to it, 
it allows them the opportunity to bail because then they go, oh, well, there was also this other thing that I have planned back here. Did I not mention that? <laughs> How soon we forget all the plans that were never made. <laughs> it happens. The second thing is kind of tied into that, which is intermittent ghosting. And for any of you that have ever been truly ghosted in a relationship, it's pretty hard to take. I mean, literally what it means is that you're in a relationship one minute, the next minute you're not. And in the old days, people would do it differently. But now it's just, they stop replying to your text, to your emails, to your social media outreach. And this is before you've had a discussion about ending things. All of a sudden, they're just gone. I've literally heard this thousands and thousands and thousands of times. It happens. Right. All that time. So this could be in a text. Quite often these days, it's now a text. So you're in some kind of relationship going back and forth, and it could even be a question that has come towards you from them, and you go to reply, there's nothing back. And so you're waiting an hour or so. The next day, there's nothing. And then you start texting back, hey, anything happened? And there's nothing. There's just they're gone. Well, this ties in really nicely to number three. So just to recap, number one is keeping you in chaos because there's multiple plans that have to be planned and you never know which one's going to be actually put into place. Intermittent ghosting, which just means they disappear, but often it ties into number three, which is fantastical stories about what happened when they were gone. Now, I was dating a guy years ago. This is well over a decade that this was at the beginning of cell phones. We didn't have digital social media. We didn't have GPS on our phones that I know of. We, we weren't aware that we had GPS. And literally, we'd be talking on the phone one minute. He'd be going home from the hospital, right? He was a doctor. I was a doctor. And all of a sudden, the call would drop. And there were some parts of the city that calls would drop back then. But then he should have gotten back into a cell zone. And miraculously, he would disappear for three days. And then, surprise, surprise, it was often on a Friday. And then Monday, he would resurface. And the stories of what happened to that phone or why he couldn't call for three days. We were in a, I thought, monogamous. It was clearly not monogamous. Committed relationship. All of a sudden, he goes away for three days, and it's crazy-making. And then he comes back and has all these fantastical stories. One time, it was just the phone fell under the car seat, and uh, miraculously, for a doctor, it could stay there for three days. But guess what? I bought it. I freaking bought it, and I stayed in the relationship for a year only to find out he was engaged to someone else while professing love to me. Nowadays, I wouldn't even stay for that first lie. But a lot of women do, and a lot of men do too. Women do this to men. This is not only man to woman. But outrageous stories. Have you had any outrageous stories sold on you? So many outrageous stories. The list is just outrageous. I mean, you would think they live these fantastical lives by the things that they come up with. Sometimes I think there needs to be a helicopter, a police car, the FBI, and it's all because they want to have their cake and eat it too. Right. That's right. what this is about. Right. 
It's so, how can I get what I want? I want several women or several guys. I want lots of narcissistic supply. So those outrageous stories of why they can't get in touch with you or why they can't, they ghosted you, that's a really bad side. Isn't it? Something that happens a lot. Another one is pretending that you're not part of the story. And that is so common nowadays with uh, digital. So just recently, I was looking at the person's social that I was dating. And he posted a picture that I took of him that was very flattering. And he said, didn't know I looked so great. A friend took this picture of me. And I was like, oh, well, that's nice. But would have been nice if I was something other than a friend. I mean, it was good for his social media. Great, take it. I took a good photo. But, you know, it's just that kind of yeah. pretending that you're not in the story. Yeah. Okay, I was at a world event, like literally one of the biggest events of my entire life with my partner. And it necessitated traveling out of state, going to one of the biggest events in the world. And then he was blogging about it afterwards, writing the story of our three-day trip. It was all first-person singular. I didn't exist. And we'd been dating a year. And all of a sudden, the push out to the world was self-centered and singular. Now, to me, that was enough information after a year for me to leave the relationship. And I bailed. As soon as we got home, I gave that man a Dear John letter. And I said, I'm out. Because if after a year and doing this life with you, I'm not part of your story, we don't have a story. There is no more free lunch. I had something very similar happen where this situation had happened with me and another person. And so now the next day over, we're with a large group of people. And he starts telling everyone about this story that happened to him. And he's going on and on and it's getting more grandiose. And You're there. And I'm standing right next to him. It happened to both of us. It didn't happen quite the way he said it happened, and it wasn't as grandiose as he had made it out to be, but according to what everyone else had heard, this all happened to him. I wasn't even there. I wasn't a part of it, and it was a we thing, and so, you know, that was enough for me to take a step back figuratively and go, huh? Well, if you think about it, it this is us. It this is him. emotional ghosting, okay? So we just talked ah, about physical ghosting, but emotional ghosting is when you don't exist. And all of a sudden, it's all about them, but you're probably with a narcissist because it's always about them. And what they do is they line up their suppliers. It's just like a drug addict, I've learned. And they start to get their narcissistic supply in multiple places. Now, these people can't go out and say, oh, I was with Cindy and I did this. Impress you if you're a woman that I want to impress, like a guy. You know what I mean? Okay. Like right. if they're a part of the story, I can't get new narcissistic supply. So emotional ghosting is just, for me, one of the biggest signs you can ever have. I have had ladies and gentlemen. God forbid any of you do this. I was in a relationship, long-term, I thought committed relationship, 
bringing coffee to our bed on a Sunday morning, having coffee and reading the paper, right? Guess who was texting someone else, a single female, saying I'm having coffee alone in bed. Caught it, red-handed, boom. Not okay, not okay for anyone to pretend that they are single and it is a solitary conversation. God forbid you ever do that when you're in bed with someone else, but I bet it happens. Especially when the woman is standing over you with a hot cup of coffee. It could just like slip out of her hands and land right in the lap. If I wasn't so concerned about my bedding, I would have thrown it on it. But I make nice beds and I don't want to ruin it. Lord knows I, I have enough trouble keeping anything in a cup. We've got our priorities, people. People that know me know that if Elizabeth is around, bring a rag because I spill everything. You know what I just spilled? Totally nail polish remover. All the words. That sucked. Oh, and it smells yeah. really good. It smells in a sec. Anyways, I digress. Not a topic. Okay. Final uh, thing is about questions. Take it away. Uh, questions. Okay, so the questions are evasive questions, evasive topics. Something has happened and you're talking to the person, uh, maybe over the phone, maybe through a text, more likely over the phone, and you say, and something just didn't ring true. And so, yeah, uh, I need some clarity here. Oh, wait a minute, is that somebody at the door? <laughs> oh, I, I gotta go, you know, hey, we'll we'll pick this up. Uh, what, uh, Wednesday good for you? Yeah, Wednesday's good for me. See ya, mwah, love ya, click. What? And so Wednesday comes around and all of a sudden their co conversation is just one thing after another and then it's just popping and popping and you're trying to get a word in edgewise and it's just like oh hey i got an appointment gotta go and so what they've done is they've strung the time out hoping that you will forget that and then in the meantime something else may have cropped up it doesn't set right and so you bring that up to them and they switch the subject they change totally. the on you and so there is a pattern and that is evasiveness. If you can't get a straight answer to your question, a direct question like what time are you going to come over, that's a problem. But it's called, if you're working with a narcissist, and unfortunately many of us are oftentimes, they do a tactic or a technique called word salad is the technical term for it. You ask the question, they talk around the answer. They take you over to a new topic. They change the subject. They create drama or a bit of a discourse or discord between you just purposely to take you off that question that they don't want to answer. And anytime you try to hold someone accountable, if they behave like you know, a little lizard or a snake and just try to get out of answering or they deflect or they turn it back on you. Like you ask them a direct question and they say, well, I can ask you the same thing. Not good. No. But this is what people do that have things to hide that have no interest in your well-being is they don't answer the question. They don't want to be caught. They want to have their freedom. Their cake can eat it too. But if you can't get a direct answer or you're in that situation, like you just said, where 
you could even plan the time to talk about a question or get some information. And then they come at you full on force and they're trying to change the subject. They're trying to divert your attention from the matter at hand. Or state that, oh, you know, I've got a very limited amount of time because this just cropped up. And so I just <laughs> wanted to say, and, and, and it goes on and on and on. And it's all about, I, 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 oh, I gotta go. Bash. I You're said this on a podcast just recently. If you're always hearing I, 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 that's really it probably is it probably is. <laughs> they're in a relationship with themselves me, me, me. <laughs> yeah another thing they do though is they do you 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 so they go i i i am blameless you 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 are to blame because right. you did something wrong to cause them to do their behavior it's always going to come back to you but the reason why we're talking about this is because some of these are subtle. Like you might not even think twice early on in a relationship. I was just recently there where I didn't think anything about multiple plans. I didn't think anything about listening to stories of his for hours, you know, but then I realized number one, not much was being said. We weren't talking about anything of consequence. Number two, I was an audience. And the minute I stopped clapping I was marginalized you know the minute I was like yeah I don't really need to hear that story 50 times it's the same story let's talk about something else I'd be like can we watch a video can we talk about whatever it was like I want to hear something communicative not just you reporting all these fantastical stories about life and then finally a lot of these signs are subtle and you can miss them especially in the early parts of a relationship and as we talked about on a previous podcast, someone might just bail on you and you're left wondering why, like they ghost you for real, not just for the weekend to be with someone else. And then you're sitting there scratching your head going, what signs did I miss? So I have been in that situation recently and that's why we're talking about this because I'm wanting to look back and say, how can I help myself and how can I help other people See these signs sooner, faster, easier, without as much pain, without as much shame. Because once you start to really be manipulated by these people, there's a lot of shame that goes with it. The other thing that happens is a lot of these behaviors are done by very alluring people. Oh, good looking, charming, smart, funny physically attractive. I mean, like they use their whole persona. And it's a pattern. It, it's a script because they've yeah. done this over and over. So you're not the virgin in their world regarding, oh, I'm just going to start this out on this one person this one time. No, 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 no. This manifested years ago, decades ago. And they're good at it. It's smooth. It's slick. You know, you're just like, upon you're just brought right into it and so it's a matter of realizing as early on as you can what and who you are dealing with so that you can save yourself right save yourself the grief and in the time the time yeah and 
this type of interaction with this type of person that keeps you guessing, intermittent ghosting, pretending you're not part of their story, except for when it suits them. Trust me, they're sitting there texting or writing that you're not part of the story, but then when it suits them and they need you, trust me, you're part of the story again. And it may be they need money, they need sex, they need food, they need whatever. It doesn't matter. They will come back when they need another fix. Uh, the outrageous stories that just don't seem to make sense, or they're just so fantastical, you kind of wonder how this person could have such an outrageous life <laughs> and how it's so different from your own. And then finally, not answering direct questions and basically talking around with convoluted or making up excuses or making up activities that they just can't answer your questions. That's not a good sign either. I will say that a lot of people, especially women, pressure men really early in the relationship for a commitment, for exclusivity, for planning purposes. And I would say that's true. I think that also heightens the man's kind of desire to do any number of these things. And so the more that we can just chill out and just let the relationship unfold and observe because you want to recognize these subtle signs that you're in a relationship at the very minimum that is not being respectful of you, but at the worst, it could be that you're with a narcissist or a sociopath. Apparently up to 8% of the population has sociopathic tendencies, which is terrifying. That's what Sam Backman says. And, and I'll bet a good amount of them are online dating. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. So Sam Batman says that it's a very interesting phenomenon. If you think about dating in your 20s, you're usually on your first marriage, like you're starting your practice marriage, as we sometimes call it, and your pool of people is often public, like university, high school, first jobs, et cetera. That's where you're meeting people. And so if you have a really bad behavioral problem, or a bad personality disorder, that's gonna be marginalized out in your social group. People are gonna find you, they're gonna know you. You're gonna be you know, a target, or you're gonna be known as a difficult person or a narcissist or whatever. But in the 50 plus age group, and dating in particular, <laughs> this is just terrifying what Sam Beckman just said, is that you're getting a skewed population, of people with failed marriages or never married or still married, as you said, that was the third aha I had. I was like, holy crap, you're right. People that are still married and you're getting people with significant, usually problems and personality disorders like narcissism and sociopathy. And your pool is a fraction of the size as it is when you're younger. And he claims 80 to 90% of online profiles are fake. Now, that, my friends, made me take down my profile because 80 to 90% fake terrifies me. But I have had a couple of situations, I don't even think I've told you about the second one, where I'm being uh, stalked by, uh, I think they're fake people. But it's really interesting the tactics that they use to try to get at you. 
But this is not from a dating app. This is all what we call de novo, like new to me. They, uh -huh. they come after me, but I think they're fake. So I'm not responding, of course. But my point is that if 80 to 90% of the profiles are fake, we're pretty much doomed. And we're dating a skewed, damaged population. It's like out of which a good portion are narcissists. And married, or divorced and crushed, or broke, or alcoholic, or, or, or. And that goes for men and women. It doesn't right. just mean men. We're not just dissing on men here. I have seen some men in nightmare relationships with nightmare women. So this is never meant to be dissing on men. This happens in all walks of life, all ages and stages of life. But cutting your losses early and getting out when you get some of these warning signs, I think is really important. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We'll uh, check back in another day or so with a new podcast. Go to notoldyetglobal.com. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come.